Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Okay, uh, my name is Anthony. Uh, I'll be your leader for this meeting. Hi, everybody. I'm a sex addict. Um, Thank you. Our meeting. Bear with me, it's the first time chairing a meeting here. All right, we'll go nice and easy. Our, uh, our meeting topic is creating positive thoughts. All right, please join me in a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. All right, can I remind everyone that this is a tape meeting in the spirit of the 12th step? The tape recorder cannot be turned off. If you do not wish to be taped, we suggest that you choose another meeting at which to share, or feel free to simply listen at this meeting. At this time, I would like to introduce our speaker, Mike, okay, who will share his experience, strength, and hope for approximately 10 minutes on the topic of creating positive thoughts. Okay, um, okay Mike, floor is all yours, Mike. I'm Mike, a sexaholic. And I am grateful to be here. This is this is one of the experiences that gives me strength and hope is to share what what has worked for me and what is working for me. Uh, Many of you, not many of you, but some of you I do know and have met you before and talked to you before. I want to just share and I want to give you a disclaimer that what I share might not work for you. And I'm going to share pretty much on things that help me in staying sober and also keeping serenity in my life on a daily basis. One of the things that is very important to me is to find the solution. Find the solution. In 2004, the San Diego Convention, which was the last one on the West Coast, January, uh, four years ago, the theme was there is a solution. And I was on the committee and I helped select this topic with the, with the committee. And there is a solution in this program. And for me, it's working one day at a time. First of all, almost eight and a little over eight years ago, I was at the bottom of my life. I wanted to commit suicide. And I had it planned out. And I got caught by the law for doing something illegal. Put on probation. Greatest thing that ever happened to me because I didn't care about life. I heard in some other meetings about when you don't care, that's when you really have to step up your program. Well, for me, I had no program except for myself myself, and my addiction. Had a very good job. I was possibly going to lose it, my career, and uh, things that I worked for for my whole life that I thought were really good things. I had a good life, good upbringing, great upbringing, good religious family, great mom and dad who cared, who loved. But one of the things I found, I... I prayed to God fervently for quite a while, went to a therapist. 
the second day, or the very next day, after this incident in October of 99. I sat down with him, and he said, I got 45 minutes for you. And I think I spent about two and a half hours with him. Told him everything that I could think about with some questions he asked me. And I shared with him, told him my story. And he just sat there with his arms folded, looking at me and asking me questions, and said, go to an S meeting. He didn't know who it was, and I said, what's an S meeting? So I went to uh, an S meeting, and nobody was there. Finally, what really helped me is I found an SA meeting. I went to other S meetings, but I went to an SA meeting because this therapist was one of the things that helped me gain and create positive thoughts in my life. Because he told me that he wouldn't visit with me unless I went to a therapist, went to a meeting. I went to a meeting and I immediately told myself I'm going to be on this nine month program. In this program here. And now I'm on a nine year program. And uh, next October I gotta worry about where I'm gonna go next. Maybe an 18 year program. But I went to the meetings and I didn't share, I just went. And one of the things I found in those meetings, there was a lot of people that I hated, a lot of people I didn't like, a lot of people, why are they doing these things? All I did was this one little thing. And they shared with me, shared in the meetings, their problems, dumping situations. And after about three or four months, oh, by the way, one of the things that helped me create positive thoughts was I asked my wife, because she decided to work this out with me, to take me to my meetings in the evening. She took me. And I am so eternally grateful for that because I didn't trust myself at night. And I shared that with her. Great thing to do is to share with your, your spouse or significant other. But in these meetings, I found, with God's help, I need to find something that they're saying. There's something in them that I need to hear. And each one of you in here has something for me. Whether you share it physically or verbally, there's something that you have that I want. And one of the things my wife would say to me if I missed a meeting, because I was going to four meetings a week for a while, if I missed one or two meetings, she would say, you know, you need to go back to your meetings. Why? And she said, you can't ask me a why question. <laughs> our therapist, in our couples therapy, I was not allowed to ask her a why question, and she wasn't allowed to ask me a why question. So I had to rephrase it. What do you mean? Her, her statement to me was, you know, you're really always in a better mood the next day after you go to a meeting. So there's a power greater than ourselves in these meetings. Finally ended up finding a sponsor who kicked my butt. Told me to work the steps. Step one, two, and three is probably one of the best things for anybody that is a newcomer or anybody that has been in the program less than a year or even more, but especially the newcomers, to work the steps. Do step one, forget about the rest of them until you've done step one. Because step one, and two, th one, two, and three help me understand what it says in the 12 and 12 in the forward, that these principles are spiritual in nature and if followed as a way of life, can get rid of this obsession. It's very powerful. And so with that, I, I chose, with God's help and people in the program, I didn't pull it out, but I had four, three books. The white book, A book, and the 12 and 12. Those were the only three books I worked with the first year and a half in the program until I finished the steps. I did not use any outside uh, worksheets, work programs, because 
I needed to delve myself into this program. Step three, turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. I have to do that daily. Every day for the 24 hours, I have to turn the inside of me, the inside of me over to God. By doing that, it creates a feeling of he loves me, he cares for me, and he wants me to be successful. When I get up in the morning, the very first thing I do, well, after I go to the bathroom, as uh, getting an old man, you, you know, you have that problem. It can't last very long, once or twice a night as well. As I get on my knees and I thank my God for the nice rest I've had and for the day that is before me and for the opportunities that are going to be there for me and that I need to take those opportunities to listen to his spirit, his whisperings, so that I can help somebody else to find something that will help them become a better person. And I will tell you to this day, that is one of the greatest things that has ever happened to me, is because God helps me that day. And when I get home at night and I go to bed, I do the same thing. And I do meditation every day for about a half hour, 45 minutes, because I have problems at my work with some colleagues. And one of the solutions that I do there with colleagues that are very vulgar or very sexual oriented with your jokes and content comments, I would just ignore them at first. But you know what? You know how our minds work. This is after I got in the program. How our minds work is we have these visual attacks of lust. And we know how to create them. We know how to get them. All we need to do is see an image or see someone that reminds us of that. So I finally, with, with my infinite wisdom, wasn't mine, it was God telling me to do this, was I told him, please don't tell me that joke. I don't want to hear it. Well, it's just a small one. It's not, it's not off color. And I said, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. And he started to share it. And I says, wait a minute. I left the room. It took four or five times for me to tell him that, for him to understand that I didn't want to hear it. But that was one of the things that God helped me do. Now, when I go to meetings now, this is another thing. When you're in a meeting and there's somebody that's dumping and they're saying something that you feel uncomfortable about, boy, the first time I raised my hand, I was sweating like a dog. Raised my hand. And I wasn't recognized, nor did that man stop. I stood up, and I says, what you're saying is inappropriate. I don't want to hear any more. And you could have heard a pin drop. And I was sweating, and I have no idea to this day how those words came out of my mouth, other than God told me to say it, because it really affected me. After the meeting, guess what happened? A minimum of six people come up and said, thank you for saying that because it affected them too. And I didn't have the guts to stand up and say anything. Well, guess what? I was one of those six before. Another thing that helps me in my sobriety is I haven't watched TV for over four years. I love TV. I love sports. The first year, I quit watching TV in the first week of January, four years ago. And I loved the Super Bowl. I loved to watch football. I loved basketball. I didn't miss it at all. And to this day, people I work with and people and friends ask me, well, did you watch the game last night? No. Well, how come? It was a good one. I said, you know I don't watch TV. This guy I work with, he still can't remember, and I've been with him almost seven years. Finally recognizes that I don't watch TV. And you know why I don't watch TV? Because those squiggly lines, channel changing, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to not do that. Another thing that really helps me create positive thoughts is 
listening to my sponsees, my sponsor, and people I talk to. When they're talking, I'm listening. They might be so far out in left field. They might be dumping, but I will listen. And then guess what I do? A lot of times I say, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for telling me how bad you feel. Guess what comes out of my mouth next? What can I do to help you? It just clears the air. Because what does it, what does it say? I am there to help that person. I'm not here to give you advice. Well, what can I do to get rid of this anger, this resentment towards my wife? Get on your knees and pray. Go to meetings. Work the steps. I try not to fall into the gossip category with telling her, well, well, you know, really, you should feel that bad because they probably did do that to you. They told you you were an a-hole and you're a, you're no good, you're worthless, and you're a piece of crap. Not only anything to do with you, I hate your guts, and you try to defend yourself. One of the things I found in this program, in my relationship with my wife, I don't defend myself that way anymore. I listen to what she's saying, and then I we discuss it. And another thing, I know my time's just about out, is one of the things, there's my card. Listen to good tapes, listen to people. These convention tapes uh, over the past years, even AA ones are really good to find creative things to do. But the most important thing is for us as sex addicts is to find things that help you and help me. Help me as an individual. By starting each day with a communion with your God, not mine, not the Catholic God, not the Protestant, not any religion, but with your God that's greater than we are, in step three, if you can, do, when you do that on a daily basis, moment by moment, you're going to have so much joy, you're going to have so much happiness and so much freedom, because I'll tell you this right now. I enjoy and I insist on having a good life. And I am so grateful because my wife looks in my eyes and she knows that I'm being honest with her because I'm telling her from the inside of me. No man, Eleanor Roosevelt said this, no man can make your, make you feel inferior without your consent. I am going to stand up on the inside. Many of us stand up and raise our hands for oaths. Many of us stand up and tell them what we stand for. We can do it visually. We can do it verbally. But the greatest thing for me is standing up on the inside for this program. Steps 1 through 12, working them all the time, daily, daily, daily. I can guarantee you that we can have joy, we can have positive attitudes, we can find those solutions in our lives. Now, what about a wife that says, you never do this, you never do this. 20 years ago you did this. 15 years ago you did this. Guess what my response is when my wife would bring those things up to me? Who can give me an answer? Thank you for sharing, and what can I do to help you? Yes. I could go back and defend that, but guess what? My program teaches me not to do that. I don't want to drink again. My program, I can't drink again, but I lust, and I have to turn away. You know, one of the things, I couldn't stand me. I love me now, and I know when I did the fifth step, and I will close with this and one other thing. When I shared my fourth step with my sponsor, that was one of the greatest positive things that has ever happened to me in my life. 
I mean, truly it was with all the crap that I gave him. All the fears, all my defects of character. When I shared it with him and righted him, I thought, man, this, this can't do this, can't do this. And I had about 45 pages of these things. And I shared it with him. And guess what he said when I was done? I love you, Mike. God loves you. And within the next 36 hours, I was in a state of just euphoria. I knew God had forgiven me for what I'd done. I felt it inside, and it just left me. And my wife was with me to experience it with me for those times. Now, this green card was on your seat. There's two things. You're going to make a choice here whether you're going to do anything with this card or not. One is I like to ask questions. I can't find my card that I wrote the question down on. What you need to do is write down right at the top your answer to this question. What is one thing that I will never, what is one thing that I will take to the grave with me that nobody knows about me as far as sexaholism? What have I done that nobody's going to ever hear or see? Write that down. Make sure you just write it at the top. It doesn't have to be long. Just one sentence. Just write it down. And while you're doing that, I want to share with you why I chose these cards. It was a God thing because I was going to get some paper and cut it up and give it to you. And I didn't clean my briefcase out fully when I left from San Diego. And these cards were in there, and they're green. And there was a God thing for why they were green. Now, you can do two things with this card. You can take borrow a pair of scissors or you can rip the top part off where you wrote that question because you're the only one that's going to read it. You can cut it up, burn it up, or throw it away because writing will get rid of the pain. Another creative solution for me was to write about it, throw it away. Write about it, throw it away. I've probably, throw, I've probably thrown over 500 pages of my notes, my journal writing over the years, because it was therapy for me. But the rest of the card, you're going to keep it. And every time you see it, it's going to remind you to go to your higher power, to go to God for answers. And let him be a part of your life. Because that green card will remind you that God is in your life. Not your wife's card, God. Not somebody else in the program. Not your sponsor. Not your sponsees. But your God and your relationship. And thank you for having the courage to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to be here in San Diego, or in San Diego, be here in Newark. Uh, uh, I just want to close with one thing besides this is, uh, if you want to cut it up, I do have a pair of scissors here and pass them around, or you can just throw it away. But keep part of the card. Uh, lost my train of thought. I'll think about it and let you know at the end. There's one thing I wanted to share with you and let you uh, know. Anthony, it's back to you, buddy. All right, Anthony's still a sex addict. Oh, I want to uh, thank Mike for sharing. Um, the floor is now open. All right, because our common welfare comes first, here are the guidelines for sharing during the meeting. If you wish to speak, please wait to be recognized uh, by me. I'll call you, show of hands, um, no cross-talking, please. Um, please keep your sharing to two to three minutes, you know, allowing everyone to share his or her experience. When you do share, please 
come up here, uh, use the microphone because the meeting is being recorded. All right, our purpose in sharing is to discuss our experience, strength, and hope in recovery. We focus on the SA 12-step approach to recovery. Uh, we don't discuss our other 12-step programs, philosophies, therapies, or occupations. We avoid mentioning specific titles or authors of publications other than SA or AA conference-approved literature. We also avoid using abusive language or sexually explicit descriptions. Our emphasis, our emphasis here is on recovery, right, the solution, using the steps in our daily lives. Right? Again, uh, please remember this meeting is being taped. Right? Uh, the floor is now open. All right, if anybody like to share... Please come up to the front. Oh, if uh, if you don't want to share standing up, you could just take the mic and you can have a seat here. All right. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, it's good to be sober today. It's also good not to have taken a drink of lust today. And to you guys, I'm thankful for that. Um, positive thinking. I came in, this was the beginning of December last year. I came into my house after being away on business, and I looked in the back room, our family room, and my wife's there watching QVC. I've got one daughter. She's playing a video game. i got one son sitting playing a video game on a second TV that's in there, and i got another one back in the corner on the computer. So i got my whole family there, and they're all doing something different. And I'm thinking, this is a nut house. And I can remember what my sponsor said. My sponsor said, when he tells his stories, I walked in there and, and I saw it was a nut house and I realized I was the head nut. So uh, I had to take ownership of that. So I called my sponsor. I've got to do a 10-step on this. Um, you know, what do I do? I walk in. He says, get somebody out of that house every night. Just take them to the pet store. Just do something. Get a kid out of that house every night and do it for 100 nights. He knew he had to put a goal out there for me, for me to start to do it. You know, instead of walking in there now and going, you know, look at that, I had to look and say, I bought the TV. I bought my daughter's little game thing. I bought the boys' game thing. They bought the TV so they wouldn't have to share with mom. And I bought the computer. I put that there. I have to own that. So how do I make a positive out of this as I get somebody out of the house every night I'm home? Last night, my wife had the opportunity um, to be away with friends for the weekend so I had the kids. I'm within driving distance. I didn't have anyone to watch the kids last night. I got babysitters today. I got the kids out of the house for like two hours. And the best part was is we have a um, a tradition in eastern PA in the Allentown, Bethlehem area with newcomers uh, to take them out for pie after the meeting. And uh, I also heard that, you know, if you don't know how to deal with somebody, deal with them like a newcomer. So I took the kids out for pie or cake in their case. Um, and I had my decaf coffee and dry rye toast like I usually do. But uh, they weren't playing on a computer or a Game Boy. There was none of that. And we sat and we talked. So now instead of going home and just wanting to leave, I go home and look for an opportunity to do something. I don't come up with this stuff myself. I need you guys to show me how to live. And uh, it was a nice night last night. Thanks. It's good to be so here. Anthony, sex addict, I'll share something. Uh, you know, Mike uh, Mike was sharing that uh, being at meetings, um, he was saying that everybody's got something that everybody else needs to hear. Um, and uh, a red light went off when you you were talking about the television. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in here for, uh, like, pornography, mainly watching uh, pornography. Uh, I could lock myself in a room, motel room, for uh, hours and hours, and, you know, my record was maybe, like, six days straight in different hotel rooms with alcohol, substance abuse, and nonstop pornography. And, um... You know, I'm, I can't watch TV anymore. You know, uh, it, it just don't cut it. You, you know, uh, watching those, those, uh, 
movies and everything, and and now trying to because everything I see everything on TV today is like soft porn. You know, it, it's it's all related. It's all somehow sexually related to commercials and everything. And and um, I don't watch TV anymore. Any, you know, uh, maybe I'll watch the Patriots tonight, though. <laughs> but um, I, I had to cut everything out. Uh, I use the TV. Uh, there's a nice show on EWTN for me. Like I use it's a religious station helps me uh prayer i get good uh good homilies good lectures uh good insight on things like that but very you know i have to be very careful what i watch and i really struck a bell because you know not only did i watch a lot of pornography um i used to sit there and watch a lot of tv and um suppress my feelings um isolate uh sit there with depression and um you know what it's it's helped me that now you know I have to be creative um pick up extra meetings uh go to church call people up exercise you know, you know I have to be more constructive and 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 the day is more challenging because this is removed from it you know, the TV's removed from my life. It was a big part of my life. And uh I don't miss it. Like you said, I don't miss it. I mean, I, I, f- I feel like uh, a weight lifted off my mind. Not watching a lot of that garbage I was watching. And, um you know, it's just uh good to be here. Uh This is something new for me. And, uh you know, thanks for listening. I'm Brian. I'm a sexaholic. Hey, Hi, everybody. It's good to be sober today. Um, I paint houses for a living, and uh, that puts me in um, the heat of my addiction. I like to, uh, you know, well, I like pornography, um, you know, sex toys, all the stuff people have in their bedrooms, and I spend a lot of time around those areas, and, uh, you know, women's dirty clothes and that sort of thing. And uh, I walk by, you know, I, I might walk by a hamper 15 times in a day, and it's, I think it's talking to me. I hear that all day, you know, just take a quick peek. You won't have to do anything more. You know, the nightstand's there with the TV on it, a DVD player. I know why I would have that in my bedroom, and I wouldn't open up the bottom. And I called my sponsor, Sponsor, and, um, no, this, this guy's something else. I, uh, I went to a pretty um, fancy pants college. This guy's a roofer, and it's just incredible where he comes up with this stuff. I'm telling him about all this. I, I was just working this week at somebody's house, and the um, the woman yells into me, "I'm taking a shower now." Whoa! And um, you know, later in the week, she uh, she comes home and she says, "Hi, honey." And I told him about that, and he says, "You got to find some different shit to talk to yourself about." So w- w- what do you mean? He says, "Well, when somebody says I'm taking a shower, you got to say she's not flirting with me." And, um, you know, I told him about the other stuff with their personal stuff. And he said, you know, when, when, when you're having that, you got to say to yourself, that's not mine. Don't touch it. I don't belong in that room. Don't go in there. And, um, you know, to combat that, my solution's been to, you know, have a radio, a Walkman, an MP3 player. I listen to AA tapes until I can repeat them, but I'm drunk. Um, you know, or I listen to sports radio all day. And, you know, we, I live near Philadelphia and it's, it's just crap. And, uh, you know, for part of the day it works, but then I'm, I'm, I got a new craziness at the end of the day. You know, I hear nonstop Eagles horse shit all day and that doesn't help me stay sober either. And, um, so this week I, he told me that and I, you know, I've, I've made the effort. I haven't had to have to have the radio or any of that other distraction on. You know, I've stayed in there, you know, the, and, the, and, the, you know, the devil's got a pretty good microphone and he is not meg- megaphone and he's, he does not tire like I do. You know, just, all day with that stuff and you know i got to keep keep coming to that or uh, like you know i'm told short repetitious prayer you know just keep saying the short you know my the prayer i use has like six lines and just say that over and over and over when all else fails and if it gets bad enough i call other guys but you know i never heard anybody say you can get control of your thoughts i'm always told your thoughts are unmanageable you know you're it, you're not you know it's not your head you're its body that kind of stuff and He's telling me there's a different solution there. Talk to yourself. I never heard that before. I'm always hearing, don't talk to yourself. That's your problem. You have discussion meetings with yourself all day. And, 
you know, he's saying you got to turn it around and make it something positive, you know. Um, you know, I have thoughts come up about friends in the program, and instead of, you know, he is a bastard. You know, why do you say that to me? I, you know, it sure is good to have friends. Sure is good to have meetings to go to. Sure is good to be sober. You know, I'm, I'm painting over top of somebody's TV, and I can see down in the hole through the back of the cart, there's DVDs in there, and I want to look in there and see what they are. And uh, I thought, sure is good to be done. And if I'm done, I don't want to get nuts with that shit. I mean, who wants to be, if you're done, don't be nuts. I mean, you're going to act out or be really nuts. So it, it's working, but it's a real struggle for me. The first day was kind of easy because I was enthusiastic about it. But as time goes on, I like to discuss things with myself. That's, that's just what I'm used to. Listen to, you know, whatever the topic of the day is in my head, my, in my head, the more I work, the more the conversation kicks up. And, uh, it's a lot of work. It's exhausting to have to not only pray and not do that, but also think what's the right thing to say here in this given situation. And I'll be talking to guys and I pay, I'm a pacer when I'm talking on the phone and I'm walking back and forth and a couple times I'm almost walking into their bedroom and it comes in my head. You don't belong in there. Don't go in there. Well, it's working. And I turn around and walk the other way. So from uh, the roofer's lips to your ears, thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, uh, grateful, recovering, uh, sexaholic. Uh, only one more day sober due to the grace of God and the twelve steps of a essay based on uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank you, Mike, for uh, your mention of the three three texts. I, I'm going to share this real quick, my little green card, um, and it's not going to trigger anybody because I shared it on my fifth step. Because the guy who I did my fifth step with. I went and, uh, anybody follow basketball? They sort of know what, like, Michael Jordan is. He's like, you know, world's best basketball player. Somebody out there, you know, whoever's your choice. Well, I went and I found, like, the Michael Jordan of step work. You know, I went from fellowship to fellowship, room to room, talking to people and surrendering myself to the idea that, you know, the more someone can challenge me and hold up a mirror to myself and poke and prod me and have all their wisdom, Maybe the better I'll, I'll, I'll get in regards to getting this crap out of me. And he gave me a list, and, and it's one of the things he had on the list of, uh, you know, the one thing I was going to take to my grave. And um, I, I guess the surrender thing sort of works because I already had it in my inventory. And uh, so I, I shared it with him, and he was, he was you know, that was a really amazing experience. Um, I'll just share my experience in regards to creating positive thoughts as per the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous which um, our 12 steps of SA are, are based on pretty well word for word, is um, the fellowship itself is was my initial higher power. And that can't last forever. It's only a brief period of time. And so i got to work the steps. i got to work them thoroughly, and i got to work them quickly. And when I do my, did my third step, I had my little pink bubble, pink cloud over my head. I'm feeling really good. You know, I've given my, you know, my will, my whole life strategy over the God of my understanding, that gave me a real oomph, you know, wow. And as a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous you know, lays out, it says, you, you get your fourth step done. <laughs> get done quickly. Now, for me, I didn't have a lot of guidance. I, I took about six months to get mine done. But um, I've since searched out because part of my responsibility is 12-step work for my daily contingency of staying sober and keeping happy thoughts, <laughs> feeling good. Being God's light is carrying the message. So I say, well, who, who can do this a little bit quicker than six months? And what was the original intention of the 12 steps and 12 tradition? And you know, thank goodness for technology and these MP3 players, because I hand an 80 gig iPod to someone and I said, you know, you got all those conference stuff on yours. Do you, do you mind? He just downloaded it right there for me. So I'm listening to Bill Wilson. I'm listening to people who are doing the step work. And, and did you know in the early 1940s, uh, there were so many people coming into AA, that they couldn't process them fast enough. So they had big meeting rooms like this, and uh, one hour a week, four weeks, they did all 12 steps. Four hours, four weeks. That, that, that blows my mind. It was the original transcript. The guy's, you know, processing a group like this, group of people. And I'm like, wow. So I says, well, why can't I do uh, a resent? My, my buddy, who's I'm two years in program, my buddy's five years in program, he hasn't done his fourth yet. And I'm like, you know, can I bring this to you? I respect this guy. I love this guy. And uh, and he says, yeah. And I said, well, guy's resentment inventory done as per the big book in two hours. 
And I'm like, wow, that was, that was awesome. It was great to see, you know, the impact. He was exhausted emotionally. And he, he wants a few weeks break before we do the, you know, the resent, the fears and, uh, physical and sexual harms. But getting that done while we still have the pink cloud of the, the third step above, above me was, you know, would have been a little bit more ideal. And I'm trying to do that for my friend now. And, um, and then giving it away. Wow. Giving all that away in my step, my, you know, my five through, through seven. Oof. Talk about a feel good experience. Talk about, you know, whenever I hit a new low in my addiction, it was like a, a bomb going off, like, oh, internet speeds, speed it up. <laughs> Boom. Big bad bomb. But I gotta tell you, every incremental step of doing the steps is a good bomb. And it's like, wow. Get me closer to God. And so my temporary higher power is you. Thank you. And, and always be there and you always work together. You know, we are a we. You know, we admit it. But I gotta develop my higher power as fast as possible. That's done through the 12 steps. Thank you very much. And as Paige, I've just started doing this, just started carrying the message and I appreciate some feedback I received from this gentleman here as to, you know, how can I help you? Um, let me just find it here real quick. Into action, working with others. Page 89. Oh, by the way, step one is the first 44 pages of the big book. The next two to 11 are 44 pages. The next 88 pages is step 12, carrying the message. Is that odd or is that God? Wow. Somebody pointed that out to me like, woo. Practical experience shows us nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking, lusting, as intensive work with other sexaholics. It works when other activities fail. This is the 12th suggestion. Carry the message to other alcoholics, sexaholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. So I've not choice in regards to, I'm very selfish and self-centered because um, I'm an addict. And out of my selfish and self-centeredness, I'm carrying the message to keep my recovery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Has anybody had, anybody had their hand up for a while that I've missed? Just come up here and sit here when you come next. All right. Once you come next, just come sit up over here. Okay, just raise his hand. And you'll be next, and then when he comes up, speak for once. Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Hi, Eric. And uh, when I came to the program, I felt inadequate, unworthy, alone, and afraid. Negative thoughts about myself all the time. First time I read those words in the white book, I was in tears just reading those four words because they were me. That was my life all about me. My wife had just left me. I was sitting in a house that we had built together as our dream house about four years earlier, and I sat on the back porch of that house looking out at the wetlands that were around it in Florida, beautiful country with with animals running around in it, and I felt like a piece of absolute dung. And that went on for weeks and months as I got into recovery and started trying to learn what to do to change that. And I, I vividly remember it was about three months later, I was sitting there on that same back porch and feeling I was back down in a I'd had some up times, but I was back down into that deep depression, feeling as low as a person could possibly feel. And I watched this family of quail go across the backyard. And I looked at that family of quail, and I said, man, those are beautiful. Those are so pretty. And here I am, just this sexaholic. And, and and then I watched a couple of cardinals flit across the yard, and I saw how beautiful they were. And I started looking at the trees, and I'm trying to get out of myself, and I'm and I'm kind of grooving on the shape of the trees out there and down there in that part of Florida. The trees aren't very big, and they're kind of strange looking in cases. And I'm I'm looking at the shape of the trees, and I was shaking my head at that. And I looked down at the grass at my feet, and I'm I'm grooving on the shapes of grass, the little grass blades, and and the way the ends of them were cut off by the lawnmower and how they'd how they'd get a little brown on the end and be ragged where the lawnmower had cut them. And I'm looking at these blades of grass and each individual blade was different. And each individual blade was beautiful. And I'm sitting here this piece of garbage on this thing. And then I noticed this bug crawling across the grass and it was a huge bug. It was probably two inches across and had these great big knobbly legs with great big 
joints on them, and this bug was moving across the grass and moving its six legs and reaching up to different blades of grass and looking. Look, I'm just marveling at that, how this beautiful little ugly bug can go walking across the grass like that, and it suddenly got through my head that if the entire rest of the world was so beautiful, how could I be so ugly? That just didn't make sense. And so from that point on, when I went into meetings, I would start sharing in my opening of the meeting, Hi, I'm Eric, I'm a sexaholic, and I am not yet the man God made me to be. And I started saying it that way every meeting, and it became a positive statement for me. That went on for about a year. I kept saying it that way. And today, I look at myself and I truly believe that today I am the man God made me to be. And I strive to be that every single day. And I strive to keep on growing. And I strive to think the positive thoughts about myself. And and I catch myself short, as a previous speaker talked about, about the way I say things, the language that I use, the negative thoughts. I, I was driving past a place, and I saw something on the side of the road that was different than what I'd expected. And I looked at it, and I said, oh, boy, that's kind of strange. And then hit myself on the forehead, and I said, no. Look at that thing and say, oh, that's kind of interesting. Hear the difference? One is a negative judgment. The other one's a positive interest in the world around me. And and we can change our thoughts. I, I'm busy trying to do that day by day by day to be the man that uh, God made me to be. So thanks for listening. Thanks, Good afternoon. My name is Matt Kay, and I'm a gratefully recovering sex hawk. Um, it's amazing the uh, change in perspective uh, I've had since coming uh, into the rooms of SA. Um, I used to just go through life just doing, not thinking, not being aware of who I was, what I was doing. And, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of things now and basic everyday things uh, I, I relate to my recovery. Uh, for example, a little while ago, my... Uh, a son called me down to downstairs, and uh, in the past, I used to first of all, I used to say in a minute, and that minute could go on for an hour, you know, when it, when it was when it was convenient for me. But now I, I realize how blessed I am. I have gratitude for so much, and so I drop just about anything when my kids call me because eventually they're going to realize I'm just a bumbling idiot. Sometimes they already do, and so this 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 period where they're in a pink cloud about their dad is, isn't going to last forever. So when they when they when they call for me to go go uh, see whatever they're doing. I, I jump on it now, and and that's one thing that uh, uh, that um, uh, recovery has given me. Um, but in particular, my my son called me down, and he wanted to show me a video game he had, where he was sh- fighting some monsters and demons, and wanted to show me his l- little bag of of weapons, and uh, all kinds of different weapons for different types of beasts, different demons, different monsters. Of course, all of a sudden, I just jump right into thinking in my mind, like. Wow, this is great. You know, I I'll immediately think of that demon being my sex addiction. And uh, I look at myself as as a warrior out there against my addiction. So, uh, you know, this this particular um, forum in here, I've been very appreciative of, of, of the share so far because I need different tools. I need different weapons to fight my addiction. Um, and, and I like to share the ones that I have. There's a lot I have. There's one that my sponsor shared with me that's been very helpful. And as Mike said, uh, I've just recently gotten into prayer, and it's been such a beautiful thing. Uh, I pray at night a lot with my wife, uh, Rita Hazelden, uh, meditation book. Um, and uh, uh, a couple of them, read a couple of passages from, uh, I'm not supposed to mention books, but it's, a, it's about, uh, you know, it's about, you know, not sweating little things. Um, but basically, it's just going to bed in, in, a, in a positive light, but then I realize I'm not waking up. And, and praying. And I heard in one of the meetings that it's great to pray in, in the morning and ask for another 24 hours. And I thought, shoot, I can't do that. I, I got, I'm, my, my mind's too crazy in the morning. So what did I do? I prayed to God at night. God, do me a favor. Remind me in the morning to pray. And you know what? God answered those, those prayers so quickly. And it's such a beautiful thing. And I've learned not to ask for too much. You know, I ask for good things. I ask for, for faith. You know, I ask for strength, and, and God almost always gives that thing to me. And what I do immediately, and the thing that my sponsor shared with me, um, and it's another tool, is, you know, my wife has stuck with me. And I can't tell her 
that I'll uh, I'll, I'll never uh, stray again. And I won't even tell her that I can't that I that I can't do that. But what I can tell her is that I can pledge my my next 24 hours to her. And so when I wake up in the morning, right after doing you know our prayers in the morning, uh, I do it a different way every day. It's not rehearsed. I just say. Uh, you know, honey, and I, I kind of make a game out of it and we kind of have fun with it. I'll say it different, different way every day, but I'll say something like, I pledge these next 24 hours to you. I promise to, and I may say that I'll, I'll have an open heart and an open mind. Uh, you know, I may say that, uh, you know, I'll keep myself open to, uh, you know, to help others, uh, to do God's will. It's, it, it can go on for 10 seconds. It could go on for two or three minutes. But what it does is I give specific examples sometimes of what I'm going to do. And that gets me started in a really good direction in the day, thinking positively and actually giving me some some hard ideas of what am I going to do that day to get started off. And when I start myself off on a positive note, the rest of the day just seems to flow. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. My name is Carl, and I'm a sexaholic. I, uh, I know that my higher power brought me to this room because I started out in a different room and they changed that meeting. And then I looked and I was actually looking at the wrong time and was coming to a different, different meeting in this room. Uh, but this is really a great topic for me because my mind is constantly going. It's constantly playing uh, a tape in my head. And most of the times it's, it's negative stuff or it's worrying stuff. And generally, it's worrying about things that have like maybe like a 5% chance or less of happening. And I'm ruining or wasting all, all of that time playing and playing and renting this space that doesn't even, it's not even reality. Uh, one of the things that I, that I do do because I'm so focused on when I get to work and just going off and forgetting about God and the program, is I set up on my computer for three times a day, I think for 9 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Just a little reminder, and it says the word aware. And it doesn't go away until I hit, like, off. I could snooze it if I want, but it'll come back in five minutes. And at that time, I, I try to read some positive affirmations about myself and kind of like going through things growing up and being accepted and then I am loved and stuff. So that that really, really helps me to just I stop and do that. One time I was using my laptop for presentations and I kind of walked out of the room and it goes on automatically and everybody came back, what does that aware thing mean that it keeps popping up on your computer, you know? I said that's for another time. But but this was really, really good for me to to realize that, you know, I have a choice to make as, as to what I think. And it's difficult to change because for 57 years I've been thinking the wrong stuff. Uh, but, but just knowing and just hearing all the suggestions here, it's been a real, real blessing. And I really think that, uh, you know, my higher power is going to use this in, in my recovery to just really stop and think when I'm thinking and start thinking the truth instead of thinking about, you know, something that likely isn't going to happen. Thanks for letting me share. I'm Andrew, a sexaholic. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, for me and my recovery, um, I guess where I'm at is I'm a negative person. Um, or because this, this, uh, workshop here has to do with you know being positive and that isn't something I grew up with I grew up with a mother that had a lot of fear anxiety you know so she didn't really have a spouse so she you know took it all out on me and my adopted brother and you know growing up I took all that fear and anxiety with me um, so uh, it's just something I've been struggling with um, but through the recovery and these programs help me give me a sense of, you know, esteem and worth and, you know, the connection. Um, uh, what else did I want to say? Um, uh, down. Also, when I'm acting out, usually, um, my energy level isn't high enough to maybe do my daily duties. Um, so, um, I mean, I've been sober now since yesterday, 11 months. 
So, you know, it's really helped me and I see a lot of the progress um, that I'm doing. But still, I'm not doing enough meditation, prayer. I still fight, you know, doing that, that connection with God. Um, it's probably my codependency. I still want to depend on other people um, for my higher power. And I think that's the next step for me. I need to find that time. And I still don't want to do it. I'm into sports. I still, you know, play club teams here on soccer and, you know, basketball. I go to the gym, racquetball. So I want to do all that other stuff instead of finding that time, um, you know, with God, my higher power. Um, so that, that's something I struggle with. Um, but again, I need to develop an overall positive, uh, outlook. Uh, cause whenever I handle a situation, you know, all I usually take, I usually look at it more in negative situation. Oh, this could happen. This could happen. You know, so I focus on all that instead of, you know, looking at things in a positive, in a positive outlook. So, um, I hope that, you know, that's all I really had to share. So thanks. Hi, my name's Tim. I'm a sexaholic. Uh, I want to be very brief. Uh, the topic here is, uh, uh, thinking about positive things and, uh, I have a lot of trouble with it. Um, I, uh, just about automatically start thinking about negative things without even realizing it. I mean, it's probably almost a lifelong habit and it's very strongly entrenched in me. Uh, I believe I'm addicted to negative thinking. Uh, I don't have to make any effort for negative thoughts to just start occurring about anything. And, um, that makes me very unhappy, but, Creating positive thoughts is what the topic is, I believe, and I would have to make an effort to create the positive thoughts because my mind is already going in the negative direction by itself, and I'm seeing that uh, I have to make that effort. Otherwise, I'll daydream and fantasize what about next week or what about two weeks ago, and and, uh, get out of reality, and then all kinds of thoughts can come in that aren't good, and uh, not even realistic. And uh, um, somebody mentioned the word aware, and that's what I need for my sexual wisdom and for everything else I do, is to be aware of what I'm doing and thinking. And uh, it's going to take an effort because uh, I, I don't have a very disciplined mind. I have a fine mind, but not very disciplined, and uh, I get too lax. Uh, the, uh, the workshop I'm going to after this one is on attitude of gratitude. And gratitude and thinking positive thoughts to me are the same thing, and I need both. Thanks for listening. Hi, Mike. I'm still a sexaholic. Thank you, everybody, for sharing, and especially for being here. Uh, I remember what it was when I sat down. Uh, I'm leading this same topic tomorrow in the morning in the program, but it's going to be a, a Difference can have different things that I use with my wife and I and with sponsees and with people in the program. So remember this, if nothing else, be kind to yourself and trust the process of the 12 steps. I'd like to thank uh, Mike for bringing us a good meeting. And for the participants, for sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Remember, this is an anonymous program. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. The stories you hear are told in confidence and should not be repeated outside. Please keep any names, addresses, phone numbers, you learn about an essay to yourself. And what we say here, let it stay here. Here, here. Right? Um, all right, after a moment of silence, let's uh, after a moment of silence for the sick and suffering inside and outside these rooms, let us close with the third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee 
listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.